This is the problem with terrorists. They're really inconsiderate when it comes to people's schedules. Have you been sick? You lost weight? Really? Whatever weight I lost, you found, pal. A laundry service that delivers. Wow! Hello and welcome to episode 166 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and if you'd like to hear more of what we think about this week and last week, you can statistically just check out any of our other shows. (laughs) He's right. right then. Yeah, you know, if you're playing the odds. <laughs> I went with some of the more ridiculous quotes from him on this intro. I liked it. It's nice. We are back. Yes, we are back, and we are talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger now. 2000 to now. 16 years of Arnie goodness, wrapped up in peanut butter and chocolate. Mm. Not enough Arnie goodness, because he was out of the Hollywood game for a little while. Yeah, well, he was doing stuff, I hear. Yeah, he was on the doing the Planet Hollywood game. Ah. Yeah. And then the political well, we'll game. That. We'll get to that because it will be covered as part of the Arnie show. Yes. So if you'd like to make sure your interests are covered, I think you should check out the Podcast Collective. In peanut butter and chocolate. There you can find such podcasts as the Bad Parenting Podcast, On the Block, No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, The Sunshine Happy Pans Hour, Dating Baggage, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, I Am Salt Lake, Mint in Box Cast, Tales from the Hard Side, The Dog and Do Show, The Empty Rant Podcast, and The Rad Dad Radio Hour. So on a, on a quick little uh, side note here, what is the hullabaloo, Joel, with your name change on Facebook? What's, what's the story behind that? Uh, well, I got a message from somebody at Facebook in the name department, and they said, we are going to need to either prove your name is really your name, or we're going to stop you from being able to use your account. What? And so... Just this, you weren't using your real name? Yeah, this started about two years ago, that they started imposing this restriction on people, and I had a lot of friends that had to change their names, but I was just waiting to see, you know, because nobody said anything. I'm like, okay, well... I guess they don't care anymore. So two years later, I don't know. I couldn't tell by the verbiage and the in the message whether I somebody reported it and said, "Oh, hey, this guy's not using his real name," which pants is a family name. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> or or whether we're a big pant family. They were just you know do some random searches every once in a while and pull out names that don't seem legit. So rather than argue a point and potentially lose my account, I just was like, "Yeah, I'll just change it." Yeah, and unless you're an actual celebrity, it's really, really hard to win that fight. And sometimes, even if you are a minor celebrity, well, and they offered the the option of you know if you are an entertainer or this that the other thing, you can create an account for that and mm-hmm. use the name. But you know, you got to do something with this. So that's why uh, you couldn't do it because you're not entertaining. Oh, 
Well, I just, uh, I have as Facebook friends, uh, someone who is an entertainer, is only known by the stage name, and it was still quite a fight for her to be able to keep that as her Facebook, personal Facebook account name. Well, and mine was as much for personal reasons as it was for the sake of the shows I do, but, yeah, you know, I, I've got a secondary account that is in that name as well, and so... I'll leave that one as is and leave this one with the restrictions on it and just move forward. Just keep moving forward. So long live Joel Happy Pants Hour. Yes. If you would like more Happy Pants, you can find our older stuff. I know, right? Who doesn't want more Happy Pants? You find our older stuff at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe, or give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. <laughs> Did you do this already? Nope. Okay, 708-NOW-RAP, nope. 708-669-9727. I got drawn into the dramatic story of Joel's pants. and <laughs> What I you did forget is to mention, uh, if you'd like to listen to us li- semi-live, well, one week behind, uh, Saturdays at noon, you can check out Geek Life Radio. Yes. Kind of like Optimus Prime. Semi-live. Huh. Cole Penn, walk away. got nothing the, on that one. The children are right to laugh at you, Ralphie. They're <laughs> all, <laughs> all right. going to laugh at you. <laughs> we, we have voicemails, though. <clears throat> so we do have some listener feedback this week. Yes, first of three pieces, three, two from Nenemoss and one from Karen. So let's start up with Nenemoss. Oh, Karen's back! Yay! She was Karen. nice to us. Let's see how long that works out. Hi, Karen. Okay, Nenemoss <laughs> number one. Hey guys, listener again. Um, just a quick question. You guys keep saying listen to Geek Life Radio on fucking Saturdays at noon. Which noon? Because my noon isn't the same as any of your three noons, and uh, or Killa's noon for that matter, or Nikki's noon. You know which noon are you talking about? You know if you can be a little bit more specific, maybe we can get a little bit more traffic to that website. I'm not going to sit around there 24 hours because technically, like they say, for five o'clock, it's always noon somewhere, right? Right? Yeah, bucks to the fuck yourself. What? I think he said butts to the fuck yourself. What? <laughs> okay, well, I have done literally the most research I have ever done for an NMLS voicemail ever and determined that Geek Life Radio is in Central Time. So there you go. Noon Central Time. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> That's not how that works. Because America. All right, fine. I'll let that one fly. Hey. Boom shakalaka. More loss, And this one, looking at the size of the file, is literally three times the size of the previous one. So I cannot oh. wait to hear what he has to say. Size I didn't matter. screen these. Oh, God. What's to the front? I wanted to make sure to get that out of the way in case I forget during the, uh, the uh, duration of my voicemail. I figured I'd call in that voicemail for you guys and say, Hey, thanks for finally giving in and doing the Arnold show. I am preparing for the first one. I've already watched quite a few of his, 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 his earlier shows. Arnold Schwarzenegger. In case you didn't know who I was talking about. I'm just a little drunk, and I thought I'd call in to say thank you. 
for finally doing the show that needed to be done. Now, I know you've done some of his other movies, but you haven't covered him as, uh, as like you fucking did for goddamn Cameron Diaz. Fuck. Anyway, I'm watching Red Sonia now, and I thought I'd call in and say, I'm drunk. <laughs> Thanks for the Arnold show. Butts to the front. <laughs> I remember this time. At the end, I thought I wouldn't. But goodbye. Um. Huh. He <clears throat> left one of those for the Coffin Joe cast, too. He's, when he's drunk, he sounds like Baymax from uh, Big Hero 6 with the battery. <laughs> <laughs> I expect him to start going, Harry, baby. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I feel like I need to go to rehab. <laughs> well, and no, for those listening no. at home who are listening to the edited version, there's about six minutes of snoring and drooling that was cut out <laughs> in the editing process. Are you serious? <laughs> there's two and a half minutes of him singing old Johnny Cash songs. <laughs> the deep cuts. Yeah. All right. So you're welcome. On to Karen. <laughs> yes. Hey, guys. Listener Karen here. I finished the Poltergeist and the Amityville episodes. Um, I don't have too much to say about Poltergeist. Uh, I love the original, but I was not very impressed with the remake. I actually found myself reaching for my phone while I was watching it, and uh, it's a pretty bad sign. I've got a pretty high attention span. The best part by far, I thought, was the multiple sets of hands on the TV screen. That was probably the the only image that'll really stick with me. Um, the Amityville episode, however, I actually found pretty educational. Um, I love the original. It's one of those movies that I kind of forgot about. I haven't watched it in probably a decade. Um, but I must be living under a rock because I had no idea that this had been debunked. Um, I saw an old Amityville-related interview with Ed and Lorraine Warren, I think around the time The Conjuring movie came out. So I was foolishly still under the impression that this was one of the more famous true stories. Uh, so I was very surprised to hear that uh, that is not the case. Um, I got to give a shout-out to Pat, too, for the Total Recall reference. Um, made me excited for the Arnold shows. Uh, I think it's been a long time coming. Um, I don't know what your exact cutoff date is going to be for the then and now, but some of my oldies, that uh, favorite old ones that I hope you guys talk about include uh, Total Recall, Twins, Red Sonia, and True Lies, for sure. So I'm hoping that uh, you guys go into a bit of detail on those, definitely. Um, I'm probably going to hold off listening to the Arnold shows until I watch a couple of his newer ones, though. I feel like I've been out of the loop. Um, I've had Maggie in my queue for quite a while, but I haven't gotten around to it. So this show is definitely the perfect excuse to to make, a, make it a point to watch it. Um, and just a forewarning, you're probably going to get a random voicemail from me sometime this winter after I get to listen to the Exorcist episode. I haven't seen any of that new show yet. So I'm holding off because I think it's probably inevitable that there will be spoilers. 
and I really liked that movie, so I don't want to uh, spoil any of that TV show yet. Uh, sorry for the long message. See you at the party, Richter. Uh, just in, so you know, we uh, also debunked uh, 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 that movie that you talked about now that I'm drawing a blank on. Damn it. The joke's gone. Never mind. Poltergeist? Um, no. No. Uh, Maggie? <clears throat> no. No. Uh, Batman and Robin? Total Recall. We debunked that that was not true also. Never mind. That I'm was worth waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's our droll. <laughs> oh, God, is it about that time? It is. Oh, it is that time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to make it. Let's write an anti-sitcom, and we'll call it That's Our Droll. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's our droll. Womp, womp. Oh. It'll, it'll be like a 30-minute Debbie Downer thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Can I make it that time now? <laughs> Damn it. it Definitely that time. Music. Movies. TV. And That's our Joel. <laughs> Both of young. them. <laughs> uh, it's like, is it his tribute to twins? Ah. Uh. Shut up. So we had a, a guest writer this week on yes, the Twee. Which was me. And apparently I was in a bad mood because... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get there. Yeah, the October 7th, 2003 is the day. And it's the day of the governator. It is the day that Arnold took office for the... And didn't give it back for a ...state while. of California. He pretty much did take it. <laughs> yeah. He called for a special re-election, special election, took it right away from Gray Davis. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's a special election. All right. Music. Tony Capstick, a folksy humorous singer from West Riding, Reading? Riding, in Yorkshire, known for songs such as His Round with Hedgehog Pie and the acronym of the week, P and WHP. Which, of course, is peanut butter and jelly made with hard penis. <laughs> <laughs> Fall back on what you know. I'll buy that for a dollar. I'm not touching that with Anyway, uh, which is uh, actually Punch and Judy Man with Hedgehog Pie. What is the deal with Hedgehog Pie? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and his recitation of Capstick Comes Home, which was based on his well-known Hovis wholemeal bread television commercials directed by Ridley Scott. Did Tony Hedgehog's... What? No, I was wondering whether this was made up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the theme. Everything is just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> We debunk all of it. Uh, Tony Hedgehog's his last on this day when he was found dead in his cottage in Wentworth, South Yorkshire. I don't want to diagram that sentence. All right. <laughs> Rosie Nix Adams, American singer-songwriter, performed as a backup singer for such shows as The Johnny Cash Show and such singers as David Gray and Slim Whitman. She was also a semi-regular in the Carter family, which makes some sense as Rosie is the stepdaughter of the man in black. Her father is Edwin Rip Nix. She performed the song Father and Daughter, a remake of Cat Stevens' Father and Son, on October 24th, though she cashed it all in and died of asphyxiation from a space heater on a tour bus with bluegrass star Jimmy Campbell. I'm sensing a theme. Of the soup fame. Soup? Yeah, Jimmy Campbell. Campbell. His family, known for their soup. 
Okay, having never heard of Rosie Nix Adams or Tony Capstick, I thought maybe Mike made all this shit up, so I actually checked Wikipedia. <laughs> and? Now, look, apparently either Tony Capstick is real, or Mike made a quick edit of Wikipedia to make him real. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. My red flag was Tony. It was Ridley Scott. But yeah. now it's, it's, it's there. All right. <laughs> For more of this, we'll move on to movies. Wait, are you trying to say you've never heard of Tony Capstick? <laughs> I also, right before Joel started, wanted to just sneak an R in there. Crapstick? Yes, just make him Tony Crapstick. Tr- Trony? Yes. <laughs> movies. <laughs> Jack Elam, character actor of both TV and movies, grew up picking cotton and wound up losing sight in his left eye from getting stabbed with a pencil at a Boy Scout meeting. Are you sure you didn't make this shit up? (laughs) It can happen, dude. Known for westerns, he played on many popular TV westerns such as Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, Lawman, Bonanza, Cheyenne, Have Gun Will Travel, Zorro, The Lone Ranger, The Rebel, F Troop, and Rawhide. That's a lot of westerns. As for why he's in the movie section, he had a cameo in Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West as a hired gun set to kill Charles Bronson. But many of us will remember him as Dr. Nicholas Van Helsing from Cannonball Run. He balled his last on October 20th, dying from congenital heart disease at the age of 82. That's what you get, Pally. He was great in Cannonball Run. Yeah, he was. I, I don't know why I managed to find the most bullshitty sounding things for the Twee this week, but. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the equally plausible Guy Rolf, an English actor that specialized in playing villains. He was a professional race car driver and boxer before coming, becoming an actor at age 24. So far, he's the most plausible of the four. <laughs> he, was no, he was known for many royal roles as the foil including Count Oga in Snow White and the Three Stooges. But Joel and Josh will recognize him as Andre Toulon, the villain of Puppet, Ma- Puppet Master 3 to 6. He was finally strung up on October 19th, dying in Ipswich, Suffolk. Maybe he was in Puppet Maker 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to uh, correct on the fly a few times there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when I drink and write. <laughs> I could read it as written. Joel will recognize him as Andre Toulon, the villain Andre Toulon of Puppet Maker 3. Through 6. D- dash 6. Dash 6. I push it away. Yes, one, one in Roman numerals and the other in standard Arab. Arabic. And capstick. <laughs> capstick. Ah, capstick. <laughs> All right. TV. On the 20th, Rod Roddy makes his final appearance as the announcer of The Price is Right, Press Your Luck, and as the announcer of the TV show Soap. He finally hangs up his gold lemonade jacket for good when one week later, he passes from colon cancer. Aw. That's kind of sad. Everyone loves Rod Roddy and his jacket. Yeah, I was going to say, these two I've heard of. Yeah. God says, come on down! <laughs> Fred Berry, known as uh, from uh, What's Happening as Freddie Reedrun Stubbs, at age 52, finally discovers what's happening as he dies at home while recovering from a stroke. <laughs> Rerun finally gets canceled on October 21st and is buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles in an unmarked grave. That's weird. 
I know, right? I'm like, of all the people that have an unmarked grave. You put a beret on it or something. It's just called, there's this giant beret in the middle of the field. Oh, sorry. All right. Sports. 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 Dennis Moore was an English cricketer. Done. <laughs> he played for Gloucester. Uh, Gloucester. that. Gloucester. Between Gloucester. 1930 and 1936, Dennis Moore's country, country? County career started in spectacular fashion when in May 1930 he cracked 206 against Oxford University, where he was at the time a student, although unable to win a place in the 11. See, there's always something we have no idea about. No, I don't know. What in the a score is. of six twenty-seven for two, he batted his last on October second. Womp womp. <laughs> William Lee Bill Shoemaker was an American jockey, the only jockey that most people know his name. For twenty-nine years, he held the world record for total professional jockey victories. At birth, he was only two and a half pounds and was reportedly put in a shoebox in an oven to keep warm next to the giblet gravy. What is that? They put him in an oven to keep him warm? (coughs) I know Josh is researching that right now. I I actually was researching the first 11, and and I have an answer for us. Oh, good. Ah. Uh, The first 11, or starting 11, are the 11 primary players in an organization's leading team, particularly a cricket team or association football team. A player who is considered part of the starting 11 is often the most proficient in his or her particular position. So they're starters, basically. Yes. Ah. So he cracked 206, even though he wasn't a starter. Okay. Well, that happened. Back to Bill Shoemaker. Uh, he wore, When he was an active jockey, he weighed in at a mere 105 pounds, went on to win 11 Triple Crown races. That's crazy impressive. But never won the crown itself. And in 1986, at Age 54, he became the oldest jockey to have ever ridden. He also authored three horse-related mystery novels, <laughs> but eventually the odds were against him as he passed on October 12th. Yeah, it's basically just Agatha Christie, but all the characters are horses. <laughs> it's, it's, he wrote three books about a jockey that's also a detective. Oh. Ten little palominos. I, I like my idea better where you've got a horse who's shooting another horse from a darkened room. <laughs> I would watch that, like Shark Cop. I would totally watch that. It would be murder on the model railroad because they're tiny. What? Moving on. <laughs> there is no moving on. We're done. <laughs> All right. That's our Patrick. <laughs> What the hell are you doing on my roof? Pat? Yes. Okay. Make I like it. it. I, I thought it was going to be more. No, nah, it's just a bridge. Cool. Between, between sections. I like it. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. We are back, and we're going to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger 2000 to now and all the dozens of movies that he's made to balance out the dozens of movies that he made in the first portion of his career, which is completely untrue. <laughs> yeah, obviously, um, the first half of his career in this two-part show is going to be a little heavier on the more popular and more successful movies 
because uh, he did take a, a little bit of a break and he did uh, cameos for a while, but there was a stoppage in 2003 that we will get to, but first we're going to talk about the 2000 movie, The Sixth Day. Yes. I have seen this. Pat? And Go ahead. And it is a science fiction movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he plays his clone. <laughs> yes. And that is all I remember of this. <clears throat> um, yeah, this is a movie about uh, cloning and the dangers and evils of cloning. Um, it's really... You know, it's a it's a it's a special effects driven movie, and there's a lot of like split screen, you know, cloning type, you know, doubles technology mm-hmm. used in the special effects department type thing. But it really, I mean, it's 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 not that good of a movie. I mean, one of my favorite things about this movie, um, there's a scene when one of the um, henchmen is talked to by one of the evil, you know, whatever, and they're trying to talk. You know, they're like. But how many times have you been cloned? And she says, oh, more times than I can remember. And then later it's discovered that um, if you look at a clone under, uh, if, you, if you like pull their the their bottom of their eye down a little bit and look underneath, you know, it, there's a little mark that tells you how many, you know, how many clones there are of them. So later, for some reason, you know, you see that she's been cloned three times. She, you know, her eyelid, like, it harkens back. I'm like, you couldn't remember three, three times. That's that, a big so, number. Yeah, I just remember that because I, I, I saw this movie in the theater and that particular like that callback or whatever. I'm, I'm like, she said she couldn't remember it. It's only been three times. I don't know. Stupid. Well, I know, but I, that was very nitpicky. I haven't seen this. So you said Arnold has a clone in it? Yeah, there's 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 scenes where Arnold is fighting Arnold and, you know, yada, yada. And yeah. One of my favorite little facts about this movie is um, this is the first time in Razzie history that someone in the same movie got nominated for worst actor, worst supporting actor, and worst screen couple. Yeah, and they were all Arnold. Now, wait does one of does one of his clones does a hot dog make it lose control? The That's our you? Joel. <laughs> hey Pat, fun fact: if you uh, pull down a real person's eyelid, they punch you. That's how you can tell they're not a yeah, clone. That's how you can tell they're not a clone. There are no numbers. They just hit you in the face. <laughs> Three times. So, yeah, the, the sixth day, it was, I mean, it was It was an okay movie. I mean, it wasn't horrible, and it wasn't great. It just was kind of a typical, you know, sci-fi thriller, like, I don't know. That's going to be the somewhat of a refer theme. To? Oh, good question. What was that? What does the sixth day refer to? What does that mean? Um. Oh crap! What did that? that um. It, it's biblical, I believe. Um. I don't remember. <clears throat> wow. I really don't there are laws. Okay. The sixth day. There's laws that prohibit the cloning of entire humans. So the six day law is what says you cannot clone an entire human. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember what the actual sixth day referred to. No idea. I think it was because on the sixth day God created man, and therefore you know we weren't allowed to create man. It was something only God could do. I think that's what it referred to. Something like that. Anyway. It's explained in the movie, but I, I just don't remember what the actual... Because, I mean, I really... I mean, this movie, I, I saw it, and I don't really remember a whole lot about it. I just remember that it was, you know, I, it was an Arnold movie that I saw in the theater, and it was okay. I mean, I was curious about it, because Michael Rappaport was in it, but that was about it. I mean, it's a yeah, decent he, he, play, he plays his partner. They're both cops. Yeah. It's a decent sci-fi flick, so... 
I mean, there's like some good scenes in it, like the very first scene when he when Arnold first sees his clone, like he's inside of a building and he sees his clone on the outside of the building getting into a helicopter, and like it's. I mean, there's you know there's some some well shot scenes in it, but it just overall just wasn't anything remarkable. Mm-hmm. So after this, he does a voice of White Wolf in Doctor Doolittle Two, which we all wisely avoided. Right. In fact, I've avoided all anything having to do with Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, the first one was okay. Yeah, it was all right. And then after this, he did Collateral Damage, which its raise to fame was that it got delayed because of 9-11. Yeah, because this is a movie that is explicitly about a terrorist attack that kills uh, Arnold's character's family, and he goes you know, goes after the the terrorist group and the terrorists, one terrorist in particular, for revenge, and being an Arnold movie, he gets his revenge. Yeah, I mean, this may as well have been in the generic aisle with Arnold movies stamped in uh, block letters, but in the corner it says, now he's a fireman. (laughs) (laughs) Check that off my bucket list. I mean, this was was another cookie cutter, um, kind of, you know, just, yeah. Typical, typical Arnold movie. I mean, he he showed some acting chops in it, you know, when he you know cries over his dead family and things like that, you know. So, so and, and, you know, there there because there, there is a scene where he cries, you know, about his about his family, and it really, honestly, it's not, it, it's noteworthy for the fact that it's almost not noteworthy, really. You it's just, just like, by oh. the numbers, basically. Yeah, I mean, and, and it doesn't stick out as like you know, aha, uh-huh, Arnold's trying to act. It's just okay. This is an, you know, this is just another scene that you know the characters. I mean, my point being that he's learned how to act. He's a little bit better than he used to be. Hmm. Right. Yeah, you, know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Like if if, if Arnold from uh, hmm. from Conan the Barbarian had tried to, you know, like I mean, th- there's a reason that they said you know Conan doesn't cry, so I cry for him. <laughs> Yeah, this is also unique in that it's a movie with John Turturro in it that I would not recommend Joel run out and watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's in it. He's He plays a fairly minor character, but... Yeah, the conspiracy theorist hacker, right? Wasn't that what he was in this? Uh, it was the mechanic, I thought. Yeah, it's been a while since... I saw this one in the theater, too, so... The conspiracy been, theorist mechanic? 14 years, so... <laughs> no, he's a mechanic that only takes care of guys that believe in conspiracies. Oh, wow, it's that's very, very niche market. Niche market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fixes he fixes their pretend machines and then wraps them in foil. To pull down my eyelid and see if I was cloned. All right. So <laughs> after and Joel this, just punched himself in the face. <laughs> Damn it. You almost got a spit take of smoke. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, where Arnie kind of is in it? No, is, this one he's actually in. I thought you're, this, you're thinking yeah. of... Oh, Salvation is Yeah, Salvation yeah. is what you're thinking of, yeah. Okay. I saw this one. It was okay. Another this is the one with Chris, Kristen Loken as the the newest Terminator model yeah. that he has to defeat. Yeah. The TX. Because it's the early 2000s, so we're throwing X in everything if we want to make it cool. <laughs> it really should be like the, the T-double-D. <laughs> yeah. Depends, X. <laughs> For the senior on the go. But you know, it's just uh, it was it was easily the weakest of the all the Terminator movies. But well, I don't I, could, I don't know. Salvation was pretty bad too. But I was going to say the one with the fake Arnie probably is pretty worse. 
Nick Stall. Nick Stall is very, very undesirable, though. Also, I I don't know though because Nenemlos, if I read his post right, said this was his favorite until he saw Genesis. Yeah, well, really. There's something wrong with Nenemlos. Yeah, that's true. Everybody knows that Terminator Two is the best one. He tells the truth. Is Kate Brewster? I thought she was fine. Yeah, she was fine. She's serviceable, just like any other role she's ever been in. She's serviceable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a she's an actress. Yeah, I mean, she's not as bad as Annie McDowell. She's not as good. I love them both. Meryl Streep or whatever, you know. It's a decent sci-fi action movie. I mean, it's not like I've seen much worse Transmorphers, but it's, uh, it's, it's forgettable. I mean, I think the only thing I remember from this movie is the scene with the coffin and the, the, what do you call it? It had a good ending, though. The way it ended the with the bunker and listening in on you know the end of the world. Yeah, been a while since I've seen this one. But there's no way that that tiny little toy truck with the wooden house on the back would have taken all that abuse from that semi. It's just that was a ridiculous chasing. I you've will got, say that we've got some interesting things that you that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that break the, the your disbelief. That, yeah, the, the things that bug me are are just. I've, I've been told it's fascinating. Yeah, it really is because it's like you can you can buy. All right, all right, this woman is made of liquid metal. I'm cool with that. But there's no way that trailer <laughs> hitch can pull twenty twenty tons. That's where you draw the line. Well, yeah. Hey, there, there's a there's a universe you put your movie in, and that universe has rules. Okay. Do you say so, Pat? So after this. <laughs> He had a bit part in The Rundown, which was a The Rock, Sean William Scott, Christopher Walken, and Rosario Dawson, which actually I've seen this. It's pretty good, but he only has a cameo that doesn't even get him on the credit list, so don't even worry about it. It's a lot of fun. I mean, as an action movie, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, he's not he's not really part of it. And are we needing to touch on the 2003 thing now? Yeah, that's where we're going right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cuz after the so, rundown he he's like, "You know what? I should probably do something else." You know, he had already uh, when <clears throat> the rundown was the first cameo he filmed while he was governor. Oh. After Terminator 3, um there was a a movement in California to um call for a special election against have a recall vote basically against Gray Davis, the current governor because uh his approval numbers were at 23%. The economy was in the tanks. Uh, unemployment rates were sky high. So, Yeah, he was explicitly involved in the Enron scandal where uh, basically uh, power was being routed out of California and then back into California and being charged out-of-state rates mm-hmm. while there were rolling brownouts and blackouts. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, I, I only yeah. know that because I read a whole a long book on the Enron thing. So, the smartest people in the room. It might have been that book. Yeah, actually, I've, I've been wanting to read that one. I've heard good things about it. So yeah, um, so Schwarzenegger kind of became the face of the recall, and um, he he decided to run um, and won the the special election and was sworn in on November seventeenth, two thousand three to serve the remainder of the term that Gray Davis was uh, not serving anymore. And he won re-election the following, I think it was a year later, one or two years later, he won re-election. Oh, no, three years. Yeah, three years later. That's how math works. Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? Math works? What just happened? <laughs> and, okay, wait. Um, yeah, so. Well, I have to ask, because I don't, I don't know anything about his, uh, I'm not an Arnold 
fanatic like you. So based on his political career, how did he do in that position legitimately? <laughs> uh, well, th- it's one of those things where like, if you ask a hundred Californians what they think of his, how he did, you'll probably get, you know, 80 answers. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of people disagree on you know w- how he did. There's a lot of divisive uh, thought about how he was as a governor. Um, he came in with you know way too many expectations. Everybody thought he was going to be you know the, the Barack Obama of California, and it basically um, he being new to politics didn't know how to play the game very well. And all four of his big uh, measures that he tried to get passed through. To, uh, involved raising taxes to increase a lot of social good, and they all got defeated, and that pretty much, you know, he passed a lot of small stuff, but all his major stuff didn't get passed because he wasn't very good at the political game, and he ended up kind of almost being run out of office, His and his numbers ended up in the 20% as well, you know, just like Gray Davis's did, so he did, he did he a lot of... He got reelected, so at least yeah, he did something. Yeah, I mean, he did some things, you know, that a lot of people liked, but I mean, he, he, he people were very divisive about him. They either loved him or hated him, hated him kind of thing. And... All right. Yeah. So f- then he goes into a period where he's pretty much just doing cameos for a while. Uh, first up being uh, Around the World in 80 Days, mm-hmm. a version that uh, only Patrick has seen. Yeah, and it it was you know it, it was your typical uh, big budget summer blockbuster type thing, and he just plays one little character in one stop along their journey. He got a little bit of flack for playing a character that was very uh, misogynistic and a slave owner and all this kind of stuff um, in a movie while he was an acting governor. But I mean, it was just a you know, stupid little role where he you know was on isn't, screen for isn't less. Isn't that Jackie Chan years. and Steve Coogan? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd wanted to see it, but I never did. I mean, it, it was, you know, his role was, it was just a cameo. I mean, the, the movie itself, you know, didn't need him. Could have been anybody. Yeah, just like, the, was, ca- Ooh. Just like the cameo in The Kid and I, which was produced, written, and starring Tom Arnold. So Yeah, they're like true lies. Tom yeah. Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger work well together. And then they realize it's because you need to keep Tom Arnold to the absolute minimum. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you can only take... Pure unadulterated Tom Arnold in small doses. Well, it's a it's a lovely comedy with Tom Arnold involving suicide. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. Maybe, maybe I should watch this movie. <clears throat> yeah. And well, at least there's a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm surprised that if if Pat didn't watch it, and as much as he loves Arnold, then it must be bad. Well, I'm not no. going to watch a Tom Arnold vehicle yeah. just to see the cameo that Arnold did. Well, I think you're confusing your Arnolds. Yeah. Then after that is Batman versus the Terminator. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of every Arnold. Like I'm not crazy about the Asian guy on Happy Days. Yeah. What? Why not? He was awesome, dude. Why would you he say was that? The, he was the first Arnold I thought of? Uh, okay, how about the pig on Green Acres? I'm not. What crazy you talking about, Willis? Why are you Why are you dissing on the pig now, man? <laughs> Jesus. All right, fine. Now you're going to tell me you hate the football-headed kid with the green cap? <laughs> fine. Only Tom Arnold. That's <clears throat> the only Arnold I don't like. Okay. Are we on the same page now? We good? I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll let that go. Damn. I'll allow it. <laughs> Fuck Arnold Palmer. <laughs> oh, the lemonade dude? What the hell? <laughs> Let's reluctantly move on to Terminator once. Salvation. <laughs> yes, Terminator Salvation. I saw this in the theater. 
What was yeah, wrong with sorry. this movie? That's all I have to say about it, really. I mean, it was better it, than uh, Rise of the Machines. Oh, I don't know. I agree oh, with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't it's, know either. It has a weird... I mean, first of besides having virtual Arnold in it, it has a really strange cast. You've got Christian Bale, Anton Yelchin, Common, Michael Ironside, and Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, the whole movie just, it almost felt like a, like it was a Terminator ripoff, not an actual Terminator movie. Although, I will say, as much as I like Claire Danes, you've got an almost strict upgrade to Bryce Dallas Howard. Well, yeah, but that's, she, there's not a whole lot of people that are better than her. What about uh, Arnold from Happy Days? Arnold? Yeah. There's no way she can make a burger better than him. <laughs> a hot dog made him lose control. Oh Jesus Christ! That's our Joel. I liked. I liked her. I mean, maybe I'm in the minority, but I mean, I'm a sucker for, uh, you know, kind of this type of sci-fi, and I like the kind of post-apocalyptic scenario. And so for me, I that I liked kind of what they did with it, and some of the other Terminators, and what's that scene in the the sewer where the one rises up out of the water, or whatever? It was mm. badass. I like I liked it on the fact that I like time travel movies. I mean, you know, cinematography wise, it was a it was a nice looking movie, but I just it didn't feel like an actual Terminator movie to me. No, I, I mean it's hmm. it's definitely not my favorite of the bunch. But you don't have to lie, Joel. You can like it if you want to. I mean, it's directed by Mick G. What more do you want? Oh, well, that explains a different director. Yeah, <laughs> that totally explains it. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that that okay. Yeah. It was now directed I, by a value. Now I know why it didn't feel like a Terminator movie because it felt like a fucking uh, um, music video. We covered him in our Cameron Diaz show. Charlie fucking Angels bullshit. Oh, here we go. Good <laughs> Terminator. Oh well, let's just move on before, <laughs> while Patrick's working his Tourette's out. Pat's going to explode. Next up, uh, cameo <laughs> in The Expendables as Trench Mauser. Uh, <laughs> this is, these movies are my guilty pleasure. I just, oh, I love these, and I'm not sure why. I've only seen the first one because you know for for the Stallone show we did. I still haven't seen any of the others. Wait, you and I watched well, Pat, the second one together. What? You and I watched the second one together. No. Yeah. Maybe he's confusing them. Well, what was the second one? Was that the one where they got in the plane and flew out? No, that was the first. No, one. That's all of them. They got in a plane and all of them. <laughs> oh, they just have. Barney owns the plane. I know you and I watched one together. At least one the, of these the, together. The second one is the one with Bruce Willis and Arnold in the, the little shoe car driving around the airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. That does not fa- sound familiar to me. Okay, maybe we watch the first one. Either way, these movies are ridiculously fun. Just every... every, a lot, every a lot of blowing shit up. Yeah, every action hero yes. from, from my youth blowing shit up, driving around, shooting and doing stunts. And... Yeah. And then you've got Terry Crews, who, since he isn't as well-known as everyone else, making up for it by being even more Terry Crews, which is always awesome. Yeah, he is great. You know, what's funny about these movies is that, on paper, they sound fantastic. But the first one, I found to be kind of dry. The second one, I really loved. And the third one, they kind of found their groove, so I'm looking forward to the fourth one. But, yeah, they are. They're a lot of fun. And uh, Arnold... (laughs) In these movies, kind of uh, steals the show in the scenes he's in. Sure, and as the series goes on, his role gets bigger and bigger as Trench. Yep. Hmm. Does he actually take part in some action by Expendables Three or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
Uh, okay, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll watch him then. I never, I mean, I never saw him because I, I, I knew he was just a cameo. You know, I saw, I saw the first one for the Arnold or for the Stallone show. But if he actually gets involved in well, this, I'm going to watch the second and third one then. Terry Crews alone is worth the price of admission, and then you throw in everybody. Else. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm a hundred percent that I haven't seen Expendables two if Terry Crews is in it because I haven't seen him in, in an Expendables movie. He's in all of them. Yes, he's one of the core he's one of the main characters. Yeah. Okay, well, yes. the, other than the first one, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Core team is uh, Sylvester Stallone, Gently, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, Randy Couture. Uh, I remember everybody but Terry Crews. I don't. He must not have been that memorable in the first one. I'm a huge fan of Kelsey That's... Grammer in the third one. Of who? Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey. I saw that he was in the third one. How weird is that? And you know what? His character is actually pretty damn cool. He's like he's yeah, like, we'll get sense. to that. We'll get to that. Okay, we'll go get there eventually. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and Terry Crews' role was originally written for Wesley Snipes, and then when Snipes went to jail for tax issues, Terry Crews got the part. Ah. But then uh, Wesley Snipes came back in part three. Ah, but we'll, we'll get, get to that, that again. Um, the other reason I like these is Dolph Lundgren. I'm a Lundgren fan. I like Dolph Lundgren as a person. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's uh, an unexpectedly brilliant man. Yeah. He's yes. got multiple degrees and shit. Really? Genius level IQ. I want to... I wanna... He doesn't rock an Old Spice commercial. We got to do a Dolph Lundgren show just so I can watch I Come in Peace again. <laughs> and Kindergarten Cop 2. Ooh, yeah. And Always, always Sunny in Philadelphia. Keeps getting And The Punisher. Here. So, are we ready to talk about The Last Stand? <laughs> No, I want to talk more about Dolph Lundgren. <clears throat> I have. Well, I mean, him. we've got a downgrade in sidekicks from Dolph Lundgren to Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, no, come no, on! No, 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 his sidekick was uh, was Luis Guzman. No, it that's wasn't. fair. Well, who is? I mean, the last he's still a down. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's a sidestep from Dolph Lundgren in a completely different way. But yes, the last stand. Um, he plays Sheriff Ray Owens. Um, a small Arizona border town sheriff who used to be in the big time in, uh, what was it, New York, where his character was, or L.A.? Anyway, and he's kind of semi-retired to be a sheriff in a small town and ends up in the crosshairs of a international drug lord trying to make a border crossing on his prison escape, and he has to make the last stand. Now... Before you all piss all over this movie, because it sounds like you're going to, I uh, I had a period, and I talked about this earlier on before we started, that I was had this thing in my mind that I wanted to watch all of the new Arnold movies. And this was the first one I watched, actually. I have to say that I like his second half of his career, the way it's shaping up. And this movie is a whole hell of a lot of fun. And not say what you will about Johnny Knoxville. I'm a fan. And this movie just is... It's like like cotton candy on a Saturday afternoon. I don't know. It's just pure sugar. <laughs> is Wait, is that a phrase? It is now. It, okay. <laughs> like to bend her over a barrel and show her the 50 states. Okay, so now you guys can do what you What the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Josh, you saw this movie. What did you think of it? I, I thought it was like cotton candy on a Saturday night <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Only recommended in extremely small doses. <laughs> and full of chemicals and stains your teeth. Yes. This is the kind of a guilty pleasure movie that you would 
put in on a rainy Saturday afternoon when you got nothing else to do and just smile and enjoy it. What There's, do it's you nothing that's going to change the world. So here's my opinion on this movie. I really like this movie. What? Good. Yep. Um, it's a like like Joel says. It's a fun movie. It's just you know it's some it's, it's a dumb premise for the. Mo- I mean, the drug lord is escaping by driving really 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 fast. <laughs> I mean, really fast. Come on, everything you want to come up with, you know, it's like, but no, no, he's going really fast. But yeah, what about blah, blah, blah. No, 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 he's going really fast. Well, what about this? Well, no, 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 really fast. They don't understand how fast he's going. <laughs> I mean, it's a dumb hostage. It's a dumb premise, but I mean, it, it pays off because the actual showdown is, you know, in the town with all the bad guys versus the good guys is fun. They did something, you know, kind of unexpected. They actually, I mean, even though he wasn't like a major character, they actually did kill off one of the good guys, which normally doesn't happen in a in a movie like this. You're normally the only people that die are the bad guys. You know, I mean, in some of this, you and know, Arnold, go ahead. Sorry. He's playing his age. And yeah. I love the fact that he's not this invincible badass. He's this cop who's just doing the best he can with the situation that he's dealt. And like the, the perfect, you know, almost the perfect scene in the whole, the whole thing where he's kind of almost setting up what he wants of his career and what he wants to do is, is the scene when he comes in and he tells all the guys that are in the cafe, he's like, oh, you guys got to go home and, and, and stay down. You know, bad stuff is coming. And they're all just like, nah, because I mean, back in the day, you know, in the 1980s, if Arnold came in and told you do this, you know, you did that. And now he's like, he's older and, you know, and he just doesn't have it in him to fight these people. And they're just like, eh. And he's just like, all right, fine. Stay here then. Whatever. Right. <laughs> I mean, out of his recent catalog of films from this point forward, this is probably my favorite out of the bunch. I, I you know what? Yeah, I, I would, I would actually agree with that. I mean, the next one well, is spoilers for the end of the show, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. All right, so we've got Escape Plan, which is one I wanted to see but didn't get around to. I love the concept. Interested to hear from you guys who saw it, whether it was executed successfully. Same here. But apparently we won't. All right, let's move on. It was was fun. I mean, it's it's the, you know, uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger together again. You know, they're after doing the, the, um, whatchamacallit, the Expendables thing. I mean, it's... It's got a good cast. It. I don't know. I just think I, you're going to hate me for this, but I really am not a big a fan of his current stuff as I am of his 80s and 90s stuff. And is it fair to say this is almost more of a Stallone film than a Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Well, I mean, he he technically is is a lead because he plays a character who is. Um, he he. They send him into high tech prisons to uh, find the 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 ways out. So he is supposed to troubleshoot the problems in the prison so that there's less chance of people escaping. And, and then he so becomes he gets an thrown. actual. Yeah, yeah. I did want to see this movie. I forgot all so about. So he gets thrown into this supermax prison that's supposedly impossible to to escape, but it's a double cross, and he's put in there so that he doesn't have to get out. Right. And um, he didn't do anything, but, you know, once he's in there, he can't get out. And so he befriends Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, who is legitimately needing to be there. 
and um, they team up to find a way to escape from the uh, the prison. And Jim Caviezel is, uh, I believe he plays the, is he the warden? I'm trying to remember so. now. Yeah, I, I remember I wanted to see this movie, and, and I don't remember why, but I never got out to the theater to see it. Yeah, Jim Caviezel's uh, Warden Hobbs. Yeah, he's he's yeah. Everybody in it is good. Uh, Curtis Jackson, Fifty Cent is in it. Sam Neill, Vin, Vincent D'Onofrio, Amy Ryan from The Office. Um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's a it's a really great kind of popcorn movie. All right. Mm. So then well, I'm I'm, just... after after I listen to this episode, I'm sure you're going to convince me to watch this movie. Yeah, I just ran I out of time. So uh, how about Sabotage? This is one that only Joel saw. I don't Again, even remember with my, this. Uh, you don't remember it, you said? No. With my uh, thing with Arnold, uh, this one, I'm trying to pull up the link because f- there's some people in it. Um, it. It basically, well, and he kind of is playing different types of characters. So like in Escape Plan, he was technically a bad guy. Um, in this movie, he's the leader of a, a DEA uh, special ops team that has uh, Sam Worthington, Terrence Howard, uh, Joe Manganiello, and um, some other guys. And uh, they raid a, a cartel warehouse. They steal the money. And then it this whole like chain of events comes from that. So they're kind of dirty cops. But uh, they're like this team that, you know, sticks together. And um, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's not a comedy in any way. It's, it's more of just a straight up action movie. But um, they're technically kind of the bad guys. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. And then uh, we've got the Expendables three, which we've already touched on talking about the series. Mm-hmm. But this the and this is where the cast on this starts getting ridiculous. Stallone, <laughs> Statham, Antonio Banderas, who actually I love in this one. He's a complete lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Jet Li, Wesley Snipes, Dolph Lundgren, Kelsey Grammer in an action movie, which kind of was confusing, but he's really good. Randy Couture, Terry Crews, Mel Gibson, Harrison Ford, Schwarzenegger, Kellen Lutz, Ronda Rousey, Glenn Powell, Victor Oritz, and Robert Devi. This is this is just like everybody in the pool, man. We're gonna make a movie, <laughs> right? It's like Ocean's Thirty Two. <laughs> but it's fun. That's the thing with these is that there's. I mean, it's one of those that you go in there and you turn it on and you can just turn your brain off and watch the fighting and watch stuff explode. I Wait. like it. Was Chuck Norris in the second one? Yes. Was he? Oh, I thought he was in the third one for some reason. Could have been. That's a long list. No, he was in the second one. Okay. I was confused by that because I thought he was in this one for some reason. But, yeah, it's just completely insane at this point. You're like, where's the character actors? It's all lead people for the most part. So then we go from wacky fun to Maggie. Which, all right. I watched, I, I turned this on because... It, I was expecting a post-apocalyptic Schwarzenegger movie. What I got was a father dealing with the inevitable death of his daughter, which I want nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. I made it a half an hour into this movie, and then I'm like, "Fuck this! I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, this, and, this, and- is a, this is a movie that I actually intended to watch for this week, and then suddenly, before I knew it, it was Thursday, and I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> Yeah, so I, I didn't get to this one, unfortunately. Um, it won. What were you going to say, Mike? Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, a couple things on this. It's, uh, 
it won the thriller horror category gold prize in the page international screenwriting and there's some awards to it but it, for a Schwarzenegger movie one it's slow moving yeah so it's, I mean, it's how, how much action is there in it in the first half there's like one one two zombie kills but they're not actually zombie kills it's just like you know, they're wandering around the forest. It's just the whole thing is him dealing with the fact that his daughter has this disease that's going to turn her into a zombie within two weeks, and he's just got to get her to the quarantine section before she fully turns. And I mean, it it won a lot of awards at Sundance. I know that. Like, people were actually, you know, discussing, you know, that Arnold was actually in in the running for acting awards and shit. Mm. It's a character, a character driven piece. I mean, for the couple of other scenes that have other people in it, the majority of the movie is just him and Abigail Breslin interacting. There's like Mike said, there's very little actual zombies or kills in it. And the majority of the movie is, you know, like you said, Kim just coming to terms with the fact that he's going to lose his daughter and there's really nothing he can do about it. And, um, it's it's nice again to see him trying on something. I mean, he's done the horror thing before, to some extent, and this. But this really isn't a horror film. It's just that's just the device to drive the story forward. And if you ever want to see him just dig in and and show some acting, this is this is the one to see it. I don't know that I would ever need to see it again after I finished it. It's not like the greatest thing ever but it's definitely worth watching once especially for, for him for a uh i mean the the parts that i saw he is actually got some chops you know he he's pulling off some good good acting there and dealing with his with everything going on and dealing with the cops that are coming by and telling him he's got to do something with his daughter and that sort of thing but well it, i mean if you, if you couldn't tell by the opening of commando you know him and Alyssa milano i mean oh yeah i mean he's totally the parent type yeah exactly he's got it down the hell um so <laughs> after this he plays pops in terminator <laughs> genesis which i just watched last night and sent joel kind Me of too. a spoiler all of us have watched it within the last 24 hours yeah, yeah that, that's interesting that none of us saw this in the theaters uh before we get into since this is a shorter episode i want to run down some trivia on this one knock it out because I, what I thought was interesting on this one is that uh, most of the casting seemed to be sort of last minute. Uh, originally, Tom Hardy was going to be playing John Connor. Hmm. Uh, there were a bunch of different actresses uh, who were set to play Sarah Connor before it was eventually awarded to Amelia Clark, uh, including Brie Larson and Margot Robbie. Uh, also, uh, Schwarzenegger worked out for six months, three hours a day uh, in preparation of this movie until he had the exact same body uh, body weight and muscle mass as he had 12 years previously when he did Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Good God. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron has officially endorsed this film. He says he considers it the official Terminator 3. That's... Paramount greenlit two sequels of Terminator Genesis before it even opened, because regardless of whether it was any good or whether it sold at all, uh, it allows them to keep the rights. It was one of those. Hmm. Oh, I was trying to figure out where they'd go with it. So, yeah, I mean, that's 
It's also the first film in the entire Terminator series to actually show the characters being sent back in time and the machine who does it. That does right. it. Right. Hmm. I was, yeah, as soon as I realized um, that they were, that they, at the start of the movie, that they were depicting the battle that happened, you know, when they defeated Skylab and they sent Kyle Reese back and everything, I was in. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then, the, you know, they, they show how, you know, the, the timeline changed. Like, you know, when Arnold shows up to defeat Arnold, at the scene with the, with you know with with the punks, or, or you know where he gets the clothes from the punks. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was definitely into it then. I was I was like, oh, so basically they're telling the same story, but now it's going to be warped up because of all the time functionality and 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 all the shit that they've changed and everything. So I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> Uh, my experience at the beginning of the movie was pretty much like yours was, as I thought that the uh, opening battle was pretty badass. I loved Amelia Clark as Sarah Connor. Uh, I liked them further messing with the timeline and time loops. I'm into that kind of stuff. Yep. We get kind of into the middle of the movie, and now it kind of feels like they're playing Terminator franchise Mad Libs. It it's did like, get wacky. Now, Sarah Connor must save... Kyle Reese from John Connor. <laughs> Random. I kind of like that twist, you know, at at the end because I when I started watching it, I texted Joel that there was a Matt Smith cameo in this one, and I, I was watching this with the girls, and they're huge Doctor Who fans. So when they started, when they saw Matt Smith, and actually in the scene, if you haven't seen it, of course, spoilers, blah blah blah. But in the scene where Matt Smith is in there, he stops and looks directly at the camera. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, my God, oh, it's a cameo. Of course, he's a time traveler. You know, he's, he's observing something that's going on. And then Doctor Who tries to kill John Connor. So it's just – he turn, wah, actually turned – yeah, that was actually pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that, but I, th- I, I Wait, like the – What? What? What the, are you talking about? The very Matt beginning. Matt Smith, the guy who plays Skynet, yeah, is Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, He's the eleventh doctor. Yeah, yeah. So I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I, I I assumed he was a Doctor Who guy, but I didn't know who he was, so I didn't recognize him in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Especially when he looks. I thought that was Daniel Tosh. So. Jesus. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> uh, so like I didn't love this movie but i didn't hate it either it was by by the end there were some action sequences that didn't seem to quite work some if not outright breaking of internal consistency some serious bending just the, to, the to melting down of the t1000 was pretty fucking cool that was badass yeah oh, with all the acid yeah yeah that was pretty sweet that was actually probably one of the more clever things i've seen in the movie in the terminator movies was using yeah that. Yeah, and then how he just held him out there, you know, while his own arm was just getting eaten up. <laughs> yeah. I was bummed out, though, because Byung-Hun Lee is awesome, and I wanted to see him continue on in the movie. <laughs> Honestly, I think everything was pretty much fine until we get to 2017. And then, aside from J.K. Simmons, it, the, the movie starts to unravel a little, which is why I'm a little disappointed, because I thought it was good, but it could have been amazing if it didn't start to fall apart with that next time jump forward. Well, it's kind of, well, that's part of the thing is that with a, uh, especially time travel movies at one point during the, either the series or the movies, you have to go, all right, everybody just go with us on this. <laughs> Things have gotten real wonky. <laughs> yeah. 
we're going to have to pull some shit out of our ass to fix this. But uh, well, it's not the time travel stuff that gave me any problems. It was like, okay, you've got these uh, magnetic uh, brass knuckles. They're supposed to really fuck up the uh, particles that are holding John Connor together. And they seem to do all of nothing, uh, despite them making a really big deal out of them. Oh, I don't know. I mean, he punches him, he takes off half his face, and he does manage to punch him and, like, knock him into things. Whereas when he was fighting him in the uh, in the parking garage, when Arnold would throw the punch, he wouldn't even move him, really. Yeah, yeah I, I would say they, def- they definitely played a part. For sure. Yeah. They just seemed to be built up to be this, like, super weapon where I thought, okay, he's going to be able to punch little pieces off of him, and the pieces are going to stay gone. And I was like, oh, he just hit him a little harder and affected no, it him just, longer. Yeah, it was basically just like 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 brass knuckles on steroids. Yeah. And, you know, it it, it was one of those things, though, kind of like uh, Jon Snow's sword, Longclaw, <laughs> where every single time he needed to use them, they would get knocked out of his hands. Like, oh, he doesn't have it again. <laughs> so it didn't even really, I mean, it, it didn't matter because they were always on the ground or always stuck to something when they really needed to be used. Fucking magnets. How do they yep. work? How do they work? Pour some Fago on them. So, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people complain yeah. that that, uh, that they were kind of, quote-unquote, rebooting the franchise, which I didn't see it that way, but a lot of people had some problems with that, and I, I enjoyed it. I, I kind of, I guess, am in the same camp as Josh, where it felt like got a little bit kind of wonky at the end, especially with, I'm like, okay, He's not coming back. Oh wait, no, he is. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, I, you you had to have seen it coming though. When they earlier they talked about the the goo didn't mean anything unless you had a CPU. I was like, oh well, there we go. He's got a CPU in his head. You know, that's coming. I got an upgrade. Yeah. Now the smiling bit, I enjoyed. Yeah, there was a lot of like his interactions. You know, like the the uh, nice to see you. Get out. <laughs> Get yeah, out. him turning into the T-1000, I would think the creation of that model would be a little bit more complicated than throwing a bunch of computer chips into a vat of goo. Well, they kind of called to it in the very beginning when the uh, T-1000 cop touched the T-800 and brought it back. Yeah, yeah I guess. That's so, fair. Because yeah. he dropped his goo. He gave it a facial. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped his goo. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I mean, and I thought it was kind of neat that they, you know, that it was living flesh that was on his body, so that aged over time, and that was kind of yeah, neat. That, that, was, that, that was well-explained and easy, and I, I I swallowed that one hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, yep, okay. I'm with you on that. No problems there. Just like swallowing his goo. <laughs> well, and I, I didn't catch if... You don't get the magical if, properties if you don't swallow the goo, Michael. You know, got well, when they, when they, he sent uh, them, both of them forward to 2017 and, and she wanted him to go with him. And I'm like, when he said, Oh no, I'll stay behind. And I didn't catch what his thought process was. And maybe it was explained and I just missed that part of the scene. But then when I saw him in 2017, I'm like, all right, he's a machine. He's just looking a little older. And you didn't know saw. why he stayed behind. Is that what you said? Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize if that was explained and I just missed it or whether yeah, remember earlier when I was talking about the scene where he had to hold the, the T 1000 under the acid and it ate his flesh away. Well, he couldn't go through the machine right. because he didn't have flesh covering his robotic parts. Mm-hmm. Well, and it wouldn't matter because as a robot, as a robot, he's going to be taken apart by the the machine because they no no metal or any other. Yeah, and, well, unless it's encased in flesh, and and since he lost the flesh on his arm, 
He couldn't go through. Oh. He, yeah. was, he was going to go through, but then he lost the flesh on his arm having to destroy the T-1000. So then they changed their plans, and he just you know stayed and kept all her pictures and hung them up on the wall, all cutie style. Well, and he, well, he, yeah, uh, he prepared for 30 years. Right. He did everything except for load the clips because apparently they had to save that till the very last minute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought the whole part. Go ahead. I, I thought that whole concept was cool, though, that he did stay behind and he made use of that time preparing for what nobody else knew about but them. And, and got a job working construction at the place where they were going to go. <laughs> did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. So it almost seems like they were setting up for the sequel because they left the big question of who sent Pops back in the first place. Right. Well, and yeah, that question is still unanswered. And the post credit scene shows that um, that Skylab is not dead. Skynet. Oh, Skynet. There was a post credit scene. Yes. Yeah. Was. Or it was mid credits. What happened? Skynet comes back. He just told they, did, they did a, a slow pan through the rubble down to some hidden bottom cha- under chamber where there's like a big glowing orb and it flashes to you know Skynet appearing or and boop the end then it goes yeah. back to the credits. Yeah, it's just not networked, but the code that comprises Skynet is on a device that still is functioning somehow. Hmm. But uh, the sequel has been canceled at this point. It has. Yeah, that was uh, fairly recent news, I think. Hmm. Did this not make money at the theater? It was pretty widely panned, which I, I didn't understand the hate. Like, I didn't think it was awesome, but I thought it was the best one in a while. But, but I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, I'm a huge Arnold fan. You guys appreciate Arnold. We're doing a show on him. Not one of us saw it in the theater. So, Yeah, but I think yeah. after, the, after the, the last two, it's kind of like, oh, do I really want to take the risk? I heard enough good things about this that I planned on seeing it, but you know, I just, I don't know. It, it with, she didn't. with the theaters being outside and stuff, you know, yeah, but she didn't, you gotta like walk outdoors and get in your car and drive and oh, it's a pain. And that's why there's not a sequel. Thanks. Yeah. Pat. It was originally <laughs> scheduled to come out. I next orig- May. I was originally going to buy a million tickets, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, already, uh, Amelia Clark has said that she's not going to be in the sequel, even if they make it. And it was supposed to come out next May and it's been removed from the the schedule. So looks like it's done. So now we're at the, what is coming soon in post-production right now. We have a movie called aftermath where Schwarzenegger plays Victor, a man who lost his wife and child in a plane crash. It happened while air traffic controller, Peter Nielsen was on duty and Victor blames him and cannot let it go and demands answers. Oh, I thought this was after you had stopped playing the game. So this is like collateral damage uh, in the air. Yeah. Aftermath. It's also titled 478, which is a yeah. flight. But I bet that's the flight number. Yeah, it's Correct. Schwarzenegger, Maggie Grace, Scoot McNary. Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? Yes, uh, you'd, you'd recognize him. Uh, he was in, well, I don't know if you've seen Gone Girl. or uh, He was in Argo. Oh, he was in Batman uh, Dawn of Justice. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I think he's best known for some sort of, t- uh, being a TV-like character actor. Okay. Wait, who are we talking about? Scoot McNary. Scoot and Harry. He played, he played Officer Joe in an episode of That's My Mama. Yep. God, I love Scoot That's My McNary. Mama. 
Ain't no way. I'm not, I'm not familiar with him either. I'm looking that to see what he's doing, but... Latest episode of That's My Mama. <laughs> yeah, if I, I don't know. He's one of those guys that is in a lot of stuff, but he's just he's a character actor. Okay. So now he's I'm got that coming up. Which there's stuff? also a talk of a. Um, oh, uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> exactly. That's what you say when you see a character actor. <laughs> That's our Joel. I'm, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt you? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of what I've seen him in, and it's. I, I, I didn't mean to talk over your interjection. <laughs> well, I can't hear because my internet's sucking ass tonight. He was in Monsters. That's one of the things I remember him yeah. from. That's great. We're talking softly. about we're talking about Schwarzenegger. Uh, oh, that's, Frank. That's what I'm thinking of. Frank. Yeah, Frank from That's My Mama. <laughs> no, the movie Frank about Michael Fassbender plays the musician that wears so the mask all the time. Dog. Yeah. Oh, shut up. It's this a good is movie. The Arnold show. This is the Arnold Show. Now, okay, moving on. This is not the That Guy Show. Then there's something V I Y V V two while Journey to China. It's well, I mean, this is something that isn't uh, targeted at American audience. This is a Russian-Chinese film, wow. uh, which is why there's not a whole lot of press in in English about it, really. Wow. They better slow it down. If China's going to make a terrible film if they're rushing it. Jesus Christ, Joel. It's I blame you for that. I, it's a sickness. Well, that, that's our Joel. <laughs> I didn't say it. Let's get nope. through the last movie before we're all infected. Why, this one's, why a, we're this killing, one's a sequel to Friends, isn't it? Yeah, while we're killing Gunther, it's about the coffee guy. Yeah. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a rival hitman, and a gr- group of disgruntled assassins try to kill him. That's all I need. I'm in. <clears throat> oh, it's also got Kumail Nanjiani and Colby Smulders in it. Oh yeah, I am all yeah, in. All right, we're we're gonna see that one. I'm, I'm in. Let's go. And speaking of uh, ones, I'm all in on, and the concept is they're making another. Conan Conan movie, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be the legend of Conan. It's going to be about him and his being a king in his kingdom, and I'm just excited. Well, and you guys are awesome. Make this Conan movie for decades. So you're also missing the other one that I talked about last week, which is triplets. Oh, that's right. Go ahead, Eddie Murphy, Danny DeVito, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it (laughs) is it is officially. Uh, they have a script, and it is in uh, production with uh, Ivan Reitman directing. See, that, that is going to be amazing. That's it's a good time for because it, it looks like Eddie Murphy is on his way back. Yeah, I mean Eddie Murphy has never really, even though he's made some real dogs, he's never really taken much of a beating as far as like public uh, public love. It just you know people are like they either you know don't like his movie or they do, but nobody's really soured on him. You know, I don't has, know that I agree with that. Well, I mean, who would you say has? I mean, even even when he's making like a, a Meet the Clumps, he's still you know got the Shrek movies going on that people love him for. Yeah, but he took a public drubbing when he was caught with a uh, uh, trans prostitute. Uh, well, uh, that was so. Whether fair or not, you said no one. Uh, stopped loving him, and he he took he took a beating in the press. Yeah, but I was, no, what I was going to say was that that was so uh, so short lived. I mean, it, it didn't oh, last okay. but six months, really. Mm. I mean, you bring it up to you bring it up to to anybody that's uh, under under thirty, and they won't even know that 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 happened. I guarantee it. Mm. I would put money on it. I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah, I would I mean, put money on it. 
he really hasn't done much aside from playing Donkey in the last 10 years. He's had a couple of bit roles here and there, and he's got this year, Mr. Church is his like big dramatic role to uh, get his career back into the limelight, which is why I think that triplets uh, being announced after Mr. Church, it's good timing, assuming Mr. Church does well. And really let's not let do not discount the fact that he made up with Saturday Night Live and Lauren Michaels for the fact that he's back in a in, in a, a, a main a mainstream comedy, I guarantee you that had something to do with it. Sure, because Lauren Michaels is making, a giant in comedy. Well, and he's been making movies consistently, but this isn't the Eddie Murphy show. This is the Arnold Schwarzenegger show. We're out of Schwarzenegger. <laughs> All right, dickhole. <laughs> so, what does that bring us to at this point? I think that brings us to uh, what do we have on tap for next week? No. Uh, no. Favorite. Oh, favorite. favorite movie. Did we do favorite movie then? Yes, we did. That's right. Yeah, yes. we did. True Lies. Favorite movie now. Ooh, crap. Got to think. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with what I was saying earlier, and I'm going to say Last Stand. I, I, I enjoyed that movie. Dr. Doolittle. I, I'm, shut, oh, up. shut up. I'm with Pat on that. Last Stand, for sure. Blah. I'm going to go I with did. Terminator Genesis. Because I'm I, with Mike. Yeah, because I haven't I haven't seen Last Stand, so I can't say yes or no. But I don't know. I think I don't think I'll like it. Last, I mean, it, it, Last Stand's a fun little movie, and that's the thing is it, it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be. But like honestly, none of these excite me, and I don't really hate any of them either. Hmm. Uh, the entire second half of his career, I'm just kind of meh. Oh. I think he's he's hitting his prime now, man. Well, I have to see Maggie. Like that's that's one that if he's doing a dramatic turn in a horror drama where he's got to deal with the loss of a daughter, okay, that's something I haven't seen out of him. So and I want I want to see that too, and I'm actually disappointed in myself that I didn't get to it this week because and so is Arnold. So many reasons, yeah. I mean, for for the fact that I haven't even seen it, you know, and, and then I wanted to see it for this show, and I'm I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah, hmm. so uh, I'm going to announce my retirement. This is my last episode. I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> Finally, gosh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm back. Uh, you talked me into it. I, I'm not leaving. Hooray, Pat's back. I'm <laughs> hey, back thank, you. Oh. thank you, Phil, for the vote of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next week we're getting yes. the dog on. We're talking about pets. Pets. Pets we had then. Pets we had now. Crazy things pets did. Crazy pets we had. Pets that are dead. Pets that are alive. Pets, pets that, that are... taste good. Mm, pets. Oh, boy. If you'd like to check out all of our older shows, you can do that on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and other fine podcasting directories. And if you want to uh, uh, talk about an our old show, our movie that we didn't talk about, you feel didn't get its just desserts, tell us about your favorite. You can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Pets, pets, pets. I like pets. <laughs> I'm going to get to talk about Hobbs. Remember that son of a bitch? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The meanest cat I've ever owned. Oh. So Pat just had the shortest retirement by someone not named Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even get to make a jeans commercial in between. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. I got I got a closer for you here, Pat. Ready? 
Hasta la vista, baby. I like it. I found that much more fascinating than you guys did, so never mind. No, no, it's fascinating. It's it's cool. Don't pander to me. Oh, I would never do that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> the ball moved. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>